Hi guys, how's everyone doing? So, when I was 20 years old, I heard a pastor that like wrecked my heart in the best way. He has some of the greatest books I've ever read, some of the greatest sermons I've ever read. His name's Erwin McManus. And I remember being 20 and I remember listening to him and he was doing some talk and he said that um, the, he was at an event and he only went to this event because his wife was kind of running behind the scenes. So he's like in the back room. And the main event didn't show up. The main speaker didn't show up. And so they came to Irwin and they're like, you're up. And he was like, and he's like, so I asked for a Bible, and I did it. And yesterday, I was reading his book. It was called Mind Shift, and I was on the chapter where he was explaining this story. And um, he said he felt like it was this moment that God had called him to, and he wanted to step in with courage, and he talked about courage. But his whole heartbeat was he wanted us to be prepared for whatever might come our way. And the whole heartbeat of him telling that story was because if we can kind of think ahead and prepare and have these daily habits that help us become more and more and more of who God is calling us to be, then we are going to live a life of profound impact. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a girl that has a life of impact. I... I'm not prepared for this sermon today. My dad got up here to preach first service and got a nosebleed. And I was like, I'm up. Let's switch places. And we switch places. And so I've had 30 minutes of prep, and I just, like, I just keep thinking. Sorry. Just keep thinking about the mighty work of God in my life. I keep thinking about how I was a young girl. I was pregnant. I was 16. I was terrified. And I was terrified to tell my parents. I was terrified for the church to know. I was just terrified. And so I think I hid it for as long as you can hide it. And I told my mom and dad, and they surrounded me in love, and this church surrounded me in love, and it was like the true first time I thought to myself, that is who Jesus is. See, Jesus is a God who loves. Jesus is a God who all throughout the Gospels, he, you see him go the extra mile time and time and time again for the one. You see him not judge and condemn and punish, but you see him show up with grace, love, and dignity. And when I have grown up in this church, I thought to myself, I want to be a part of a church like this for the rest of my life. I want to be a part of a community who walks in one soul and one heart, who loves God in the kind of way where a young girl's life can be forever changed, and one day she's standing up and preaching. I want to be a part of a church where we show up with poise. We show up with the grace and the love of God, and we mentor, and we encourage, and we challenge, and we get this one life, and we say we are going for it because my God is faithful. 
My God is mighty. My God is alive in this world, and I want his life to be reflected through me. Amen? But I think we have to make some choices. Church, I think we have to, we have to really be honest about who are we and how we show up in this world. I remember it was COVID and everything had been shut down and I kind of had just moved over to this campus and I was being mentored by my dad and we were in this leadership meeting. There's five of us who kind of lead the church and all the campuses and help with vision and direction. And we were in this meeting and we're trying to decide like, you're not allowed to have a gathering of more than I think it was like 50 at the time. And so we're sitting there and I think maybe it was even 10 at that point. And I remember us asking, like, what are we going to do? And I remember this for the rest of my life. I remember my dad looking at us younger crew. He says we're middle-aged. I say we're younger. You know what I'm saying? I might be middle-aged, but I still like the younger factor. <laughs> he looked at us and he said, we're not shutting the church down. He said, we'll get creative. We'll figure out what we need to do. But the when people need the church the most, we will not close our doors. And a lot of you were there. We did parking lot services. We honked our amens. You remember honking your horn? If you weren't there, it was awesome. They put dad on this forklift, and he preached his heart out, and the church was like, wah, wah. And we'll remember it for the rest of our life because that's what it looks like when you show up with poise. He taught me that day how we show up matters. There's a passage. This is the Hebrew Bible. Like, I'm going to be using this. That's not going to happen. <laughs> not there yet. Um, there's a passage in 2 Kings. And every time I read it, it does something to my heart. Every time I think about this story, it makes me want to show up and be a better woman. And so today, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to use this broken vessel that he will speak something to us that matters, that it will stick, and we will be a church, and men and women of courage. And when we show up, the room gets better. When we show up, our home gets better. When we show up, our kids' lives get better. Deal? Mighty God, you are in control. I'm not. So I turn to you as just a broken vessel, Father, and I say, fill me. Use me. I am yours. Open the hearts of every mind and soul in this room. Let us be one. Let us trust you, and let us have the faith to see what we cannot see. In your mighty son's name we pray. Amen. There was a prophet. Now, back in the Old Testament, God would do something special. He would call these prophets, and he'd speak to them in a special way. And then he would have the prophet go tell the people, go tell the king, go share his message. And there was a prophet named Elisha. And he was doing awesome things with God. And there was a king in Samaria who was trying to like take over Israel, just like smash them. And so the king of Samaria would, or Syria, I'm sorry, Syria. I'm probably going to say a lot of stuff wrong. Just know that God is good and we're in it together. Deal? 
So the king of Syria was trying to destroy the Israelite army, but the Israelite army kept hearing from Elisha. God would tell Elisha what the Syrians were going to do. Elisha would tell the Israel king, and then he would stop and do something different. And the king was getting super annoyed. And he's like, who is betraying me? Like, who does, who, who is it? And they're like, we're not betraying you. It's this prophet. God's talking to him, and he's totally telling him all your plans. And he, the king is like, okay, we are going to send this great army to go get Elisha and kill him once and for all. I'm, I'm taking over Israel no matter what it takes. And he sends out this giant army. And we're going to be in 2 Kings today. 2 Kings 6. And here's what happens. Elisha is in with, a, with his servant. And they have found a place to stay. And overnight, the Syrians have come and surrounded the entire place. And the servant wakes up. And this is what he says. Long, awkward pause, because she doesn't have it ready. <laughs> We're going to just start at 13 and see where it takes us. And he said, go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. Da-da-da-da-da-da. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? I think sometimes when we think about our life, we're not very proactive, we're reactive. And so what happens is we, we experience pain and we've not really decided what kind of man you're gonna be or what kind of woman you're gonna be, so you react to the pain you're faced with. Sometimes you experience loss and you haven't really, really truly decided who you're gonna be so you, you react with whatever your emotion brings. And can I tell you, our emotions lie. You're not really proactive in your life, and you're just kind of, you're doing school, or you're, you've graduated, and now you're in your job, and now you've got a family, and now, now life has become this thing that we just do instead of a purposeful task that I am on fire for or a purposeful mission that I can't wait to do something awesome. And so what happens is we don't really take time to pre-decide. And church, what I'm telling you today is it is vital that you take time and you pre-decide what kind of man and what kind of woman you're going to be. Truth be told, when I came over from West Campus, I thought to myself, I'm going to have a couple of sermons ready so that no matter what, I can stand up and preach if I need to. And so today, although very unprepared and wasn't expecting it, I had prepared months ago, years ago, for just in case. Because I had pre-decided that if something happens, I'm going to be a girl and a woman with courage, grit, and poise. It was a predetermined thing in my heart. And I think when we predetermine who we're going to be, sometimes God uses it. And so when you ask the question, what shall we do? I think the number one thing we need to ask ourselves is, who am I really? In my heart of hearts, what kind of wife do I want to be? 
I want to be the kind that kisses her husband's face over and over and over as he walks in looking so good looking. <laughs> Doc will be back next Sunday, don't worry. <laughs> but I had to ask myself, what kind of, if I, if I literally lost everything, what kind of woman did I want to be? Just Sarah. Just between her and God, what kind of woman do I want to be? And I do, I want to be the woman that shows up with poise. That you can take a deep breath around. That things get better. I do want to be a woman of courage because I have seen the faithfulness of God. I've seen him move time and time and time again. I've seen him transform the broken into whole. I've seen him take lives that nobody thought that it was over, but God said, it's not over, it's just begun. I have seen the faithfulness of God when everything just seemed like, I don't know what to do. He shows up and gives us a way when there is no way. That is the God that I've seen over and over and over and over again. And if I truly believe that he is real, if I truly believe that he is good, that he is faithful, what would I be willing to do? What would I be willing to try? Elisha, his servant, wakes up, and he walks out the door, and he sees, you guys got the scripture up there? Tech booth, you stud muffins, nice job. Let's read it. <laughs> the servant says, what shall we do? And he said, Elisha looks at him and he says, don't be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Do you know that I think fear can knock us out quicker than anything else can? I'm working on a sermon series I'm going to be doing at our CC midweek um, next year. And it's on self-limitation. Over and over and over again, you see in Scripture, people self-limiting them. God's calling them and saying, go, do this. You've got everything you need. And they're like, oh, but I stutter, or oh, I can't. Hey, could you make the ground wet and this fleece dry? Like, they're just, they're limiting who they are while God is calling them to something big. And church, I don't know about you, but I do not want us to be a church that limits the potential, the beauty, the dignity of who God has called us to be. I, I, I listened to the song, we are the same, he is the same God. He is the same God, and I've seen him work faithfully for 40 years in this place, and I think to myself, you are the same God. You are the same God who started a church from nothing who used an awesome man like my dad, who used people to step out in faith, to give us this building, to, to be a place of safe haven, to feed 265 kids every weekend, to help an orphanage all across the world that we will never see, but you're making an impact. They wrote us a letter and said, the kids are reading scripture they never even heard before because of your generosity. They get to see and know something of the goodness of God because of you. And I think to myself, what can this next generation do? We are not a one-generation church. We are a century church. And God has called us, young, old, 
strong, weak, whatever we are, to work together to accomplish what he is doing in this world. And we cannot let fear limit what God has put inside of us. I've done it almost my entire life. I've let the fear rob of what God could do. And two years ago, I said, not anymore. I'm going to walk out. If it fails, it fails. If we try stuff that's too hard, we try stuff that's too hard. But what if? What if God is who he says he is? What if God is faithful and he wants to do something here in this part of the world that he is asking us to be a part of? Then I want to trust him and I want to walk in faith. Do not let your fear cripple or limit the potential that God has put inside of you. Elisha looks out and he says, a prayer. Do you ever have moments where you like truly don't know what to do next? Like maybe someone comes and is talking to you and you don't know how to answer. Maybe you're dealing with something heavy and hard and you just, you truly do not know. And you're like, oh, cool preaching, Sarah, but fear, I, I don't know what to do with it. I call these like under my breath prayers. Just please, God. Please, God. You're good. You are for me. Show me the way. There are moments in our life where we need to pause and we need to go to God first. Come on, someone. I know we've got some amens in us today. Let's go. Amen? Amen. Sometimes I like to go to my husband. I like to go to my girlfriends. I like to talk it all out and let everyone know what's going on and how mama is feeling. But God is calling something different out of us. Sometimes the best thing we can do is these silent moments of prayer. <sighs> Show me your way. I don't know what to do. Show me your way. Elisha says this prayer, and he looks at his servant, and he says this prayer, and he says, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I don't know about you, but this is like the most Braveheart moment where I'm like, yes! Sometimes our circumstances in our life limits us from seeing the true picture. Sometimes we've all been raised, we've all grown up, we've all made choices, we've all had trauma, we've all had these life events that have shaped and formed the heart. They've shaped and formed the soul. And, and the truth is, sometimes we need renovation of the heart. Sometimes I need to pray and seek God and say, here's how I see it, but that might be my brokenness. Can you show me clearly who you are? Sometimes my trauma holds me back, but then I say to God, please show me. And if we are honest, sometimes when we seek God and we seek him with all our heart, the Bible promises we will find him. And when I seek God with all my heart, I was walking up this morning, Jacob and I, we park in the back. 
And I was walking up and I was just holding his hand and I was just praying and I was looking at this beautiful church and I was just thinking about all of you who would be here today, not knowing how today was going to shape up. And I just said, thank you. Thank you that I get to be a part of this community. And Father, whatever you want, I am in. Wherever you call, I will go. And then I walked into church, and now I'm preaching. So, <laughs> But sometimes we have to ask God to show us what we are not capable of seeing. You know, life groups, we've been doing this all-church emphasis. Sorry for everyone who needs to learn about self-control. Maybe we'll find a way to add it in. But, <laughs> but here's the deal. When I sit in community with women and I talk to them, and I seek a mighty God, and I seek their advice, something happens where sometimes I can see more clear than when I came in. We are a tribe. I don't want to make this weird. We're not a cult. There's nothing weird about it. We're a family. We're trusting in a mighty God. We cannot do life alone. We are not created for it. We are created by the Savior, the Creator, the Redeemer. He has put people here that can fill us, that can strengthen us, and that can help us do life in a better way. And so if you are not yet involved, in January, we're going to be kicking off another round of groups. Pray about it and sign up. It's a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. What if, in your hardest things that are happening, in your great sorrow, your heavenly father has you surrounded. Can you see this picture? Like I, I can vividly see. I don't know why it's probably not even the terrain that I'm seeing, but I see it like as open and I see this giant swords of black horses and angry men. And I see this fiery army from heaven surrounding on the outside with poise and dignity. What if God has got you so covered, you only need to ask to have the eyes to see? What if he's put exactly what you need in front of you, but you just don't even know it yet? What if he has you covered, church? I believe with all my heart that the next 40 years are going to be even better than the first. I believe that what God is doing here is going to change this part of northeastern Ohio. And I say that boldly because there has been the most amazing things this little girl heart has ever seen. What you have done to get us here makes me so proud to be a part of this church. It makes me so honored to be a part. But I say we have got work to do. God is calling us for this next generation to truly make a difference I'm spending time with these young guys and they're changing their degrees and they're changing their plans. Our interns right now, two weeks ago, they both told me, probably shouldn't say this publicly. <laughs> Maybe it'll force them to make the right choice. They both told me they're both thinking about switching their degrees to ministry. And I think to myself, Father, you are so good. I think about what he's doing on November 19th. We're having a student Sunday takeover. And our students are going to take over. They're going to take over the welcome team. They're going to be taking over the cafe. We have a student preaching, okay? 
Their worship band is going to be back here, and I just, I'm so excited for you to see, because it's not like, oh, that's so cute. It's like, holy cow, look at what God is doing. When you see this preacher get up here and preach her heart out, I want you to know she switched her degree in the middle of her internship, and she said yes to God. When you see this band giving their heart, I want you to know there's going to be a little girl up here who just did not believe She couldn't find a way to see that God was real. And through our program and through the amazing people in her life, she took that step and she follows God with all of her heart now. God is alive and he is doing things and it is through us and we cannot, cannot, cannot let fear rob us. And we need to have the eyes to see what might be instead of what is right now. I love this part of the story because it's so opposite of what I expect. Elisha sees them, and Elisha prays, Lord, please strike the people with blindness. Now, church, I don't know about you. There's a fiery army. I'm not praying for blindness. I'm praying for destruction. You know what I'm saying? But that's not how Elisha shows up. He says, can you strike him with blindness? And Elisha goes up to the leader of the army and says, I know who you're looking for. I'm not him, <laughs> but I'll take you to him. And they, they lead this army straight to Samaria, which at the time was the capital of Israel. And the Israel, uh, army, or the Israel king is there and he says, what do we do, destroy him? Let's destroy him. And then again, Elisha, the opposite of what I think. He says, give him some bread, give him some water, and send him home. Sometimes in my life, when I don't predecide the girl I'm going to decide to be, I treat people worse than they deserve. But when I predecide that I am his, when I predecide that I am going to be a woman of poise and courage, then what happens is I show grace. I have something better to offer. And Elisha and this group, they didn't just feed him bread and water, they threw him a feast. How about that? How about that for self control? Did that work? <laughs> if you're not part of the life group, sorry. If you know, you know, though. They treated them better than they deserved. Church, we got to be men and women that treat people in our life better than they deserve. Do you know what the world needs so much less of? is opinion. We need so much less of it. You know what the world needs more of? Love. You know what the, more, the world needs more of? Showing up and treating people better than they deserve because that is how our Heavenly Father shows up and treats us. I read the Gospels and I look at the life of Jesus Christ and he goes the extra mile time and time and time again for the one. And these aren't people that are like faithful Christians following God. Some of them don't even know his name. And he's teaching us something there. He's teaching us that he is not just a God for the one, but he is a God for the all. That he is a God who shows up and through the love and the faithfulness and the truth of who he is and what he's done, we will change lives in that. You're never going to change a heart by thumping and beating and 
if you are in a family that is struggling, stop with the opinions and start with love. Start with listening. Start with seeking God and saying, today I hold my tongue. Today I'm going to treat people so much better than they deserve. Today I am going to have the self-control to honor you and not my own heart. Thanks, girl. Church, I want to be a church that loves, that leads, that speaks truth, that mentors, that shapes. I want to be a church that we work together and we show up with poise and dignity because I want our life to reflect who God is. I want our life to reflect that he is good, that he is faithful, that he is mighty, that he's a God that is eternal. And if we are lucky, he chooses us to be a part of his plan. And when we say yes to following him, he has destined us for movement in this world. Movement to make somebody's day better. Movement to change a life. Movement to change history. I believe it with my heart, and I ask that we can be a church of courage, a church of grit, and a church of poise. Amen? You are a mighty God, and I love you with all my heart. Father, I pray that you will do something, that something will be stirred so that we will pre-decide that we are men and women that follow you no matter what, that we will have the courage to say yes no matter what, that we will give our lives because you are worthy of it all. I trust in you with all my heart. And together, as one soul and one heart, we pray. Amen.